BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur? You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran. Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran. My guest today is Christian Bush, who is the author of the new book, The Serendipity Mindset, The Art and Science of Creating Good Luck. And Christian is also co-founder of two organizations, Leaders on Purpose and the Sandbox Network. He's also the director of the Global Economy Program at uh, NYU. Welcome, Christian. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you know, I've been I've been going through the book myself. Um, it is absolutely fascinating. You make some very interesting arguments in the book that, uh, in general, that we we make our own luck, um, that serendipity. And you describe a couple of different ways in which serendipity happens. But for the for the benefit of our listeners, um, why don't we go through? Kind of the 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 premise, which is that we create our own luck by being aware of things around us that are happening. So, um, yeah, help us help us understand uh, the concept of the serendipity mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it really comes out of this 
premise that in my work as community builder, entrepreneur, academic over the last decades, uh, I found that that the most purpose-driven, joyful, successful people, they appear to have something in common. They somehow found ways that consistently turn the unexpected or the unknown into positive outcomes. And so they intuitively cultivate serendipity, this kind of unexpected good luck that, that results from these unplanned moments. And so, um, you know, people around them would say, oh my God, they're just a bit luckier than others, or um, they're just always in the right place at the right time, or these kind of different um, types of, of things. And so I spent the last years trying to understand what is it about this and what, what creates this kind of smart luck. And, and really this smart luck as opposed to the kind of blind luck, which we did, don't work for, right? So I don't know if you inherit something or if you are born into a good postcode or something like that, that's the blind luck we can't influence, of course, unless you have, you have some secrets there. But I think the smart luck is the luck which is really all about saying, I see something in the unexpected and then I do something with it. And so it's really about saying, how do we create more of those kind of potential serendipity triggers? So things that can create something of this, but also if we if we encounter someone or something, how do we do more of this? And you know, the, the, the kind of typical story, I guess, is this kind of idea of imagine, you know, now post COVID and I'm here in New York, so I'm allowed again to, to go into coffee shops, partly um, with masks on, of course, and sit outside but um, you know this kind of idea that you you walk inside and if you have slightly erratic hand movements as I do uh, you spill a coffee and there's this person next to you and and you sense this kind of connection right it's like oh my god I'm so sorry but you sense there could be something and you know you, you can now kind of see this story unfold in two ways the one the one kind of potential story is you just say sorry and you move on, you walk outside and you're like, ah, what could have been if I had talked to this person? And the other one would be, oh, great. Like, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, I'd love to send, uh, you, you know, send me your cleaning bill. This is my number, whatever it is, right? Just yeah. something that in a way does something with this unexpected moment. And we see the same with how people find their co-founders at conferences or somewhere. We find the same with how some of the most interesting innovations come about. So serendipity really about saying, there's something unexpected happening, but we're doing something with it. You know, that's a really good point because, you know, we've all found ourselves in situations where, for example, you're on a flight, you're, you're, you're traveling alone, you're on a flight, and somebody comes and sits down next to you. Uh, in general, uh, some people are, you know, talkers. They like to talk to other people. Other people maybe just bury themselves in a book or put on a headphone and listen to music or whatever. Um, and I've found from my experience, on some occasions, when I start a conversation with somebody who's sitting next to me, some very interesting things develop. And in other cases, you know, you decide, mm, I'm not really in the mood. It's been a long day, a long week, whatever. And you don't, you don't have a conversation. Nothing happens. But some of my greatest friendships have come from meeting people like that, you know, chance encounter, you're sitting, happen to be sitting next to them on a plane. Um, and, you know, you, you have a conversation and something wonderful develops. One of my very good friends for the last 30 or 35 years, um, we met on a flight from Jakarta, Indonesia to Singapore. And uh, we've been friends ever since. And, you know, we, we stayed chatting on the, on, the, on the plane and then we got off the plane and walked slowly through the terminal. Uh, it's, it's so amazing. You're absolutely right. You make another very, very good uh, point. You classify serendipity into three categories. Uh, there are, of course, 
others that don't fall into a category, but broadly you categorize them into uh, three categories, uh, which is the Archimedes serendipity, the post-it note serendipity, and the thunderbolt serendipity. Um, tell us a little bit about how you would differentiate these three different kinds of serendipity, and why is that important? Yeah, it's you know it's interesting because it's 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 mostly around two questions, right? Is it am I looking for something already? So am I already having a certain north star or a certain idea where I'm going? You know, I have X Y Z company and I want to achieve X Y Z, and I see something unexpected. You know, I meet someone on the plane and we talk about something, but I always try to connect whatever they tell me to that kind of bigger purpose that I have at the moment. So that's an important question. If there's already something I'm aiming towards, and now the unexpected can be connected to that, but also, is, you know, am I finding something that I'm looking for? So for example, you know, um, on this flight that you're having, are you talking about something and this person unexpectedly seems to has a, have a cousin who could become your new major supplier, right? That's very unexpected. Sure. Um, um, but, but you know, maybe uh, it might now relate to your bigger purpose, but also maybe this person might say something like, hey, you know what? What a coincidence, my friend just went into a completely different direction and with your skill set, maybe that could fit. And then you pivot towards something completely different. And so the, if you would look at it as a matrix, it would really be around these two questions. Question A, what are you looking for already? Do you have a defined problem? And you know, if yes, can you connect to that? And the other one is really around, did you find what you're looking for or is it leading you into a different direction? And so these three kind of types are really organized around these three um, kind of questions. Um, the, the first one is really around saying, you know, you, you have this known problem, but the solution comes from an unexpected place, like from the plane or something else. Um, you know, that's why the Archimedes example, where in a way Archimedes, you know, he, he, he got this kind of, um, uh, you know, the king told him, hey, look, Archimedes, uh, who was this great mathematician, he, he mm -hmm. told him, look, I need to find out if my goldsmith um, has substituted um, the the uh, silver for some of the gold that should be in the in the crown of the of the of the king, and you know that the crown seems to weigh the right amount. But how can you know that it's really pure gold in there versus like something cheap? And so Archimedes doesn't know how to find the solution because you know what else can you do apart from the weight? And so at some point he just leisurely, you know, after hours he goes to the baths and he sits down and the water you know comes up. And he's mm -hmm. like, wow, if I would do the same with a crown, it will tell me if actually, you know, there, there is this kind of, um, um, it, would, it would do something because silver in itself is lighter than gold. So, so it would have to be bulkier than, 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 um, than, than gold to weigh the same. So the point here is he found this unexpected solution to the challenge of telling the king how he could know that this is pure gold. And so this is really about this kind of first problem, which is about saying, hey, look, there is something I have, a, a problem that I have to solve as an entrepreneur or someone else, um, but then I, I find an unexpected solution. And that obviously happens all the time in businesses, right? If you look at big businesses, small businesses, you have an approximate idea, but then something unexpected happens and, and then happens. The, the second one is really around this kind of more like, you know, how post-its and other things came about, which is, you know, right. you, you, you have a particular problem that you look at. Um, but then you, you come to a solution that leads you to something completely different. You know, if 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 you look at the example of post-its, for example, um, this gentleman, Mr. Silver, he he was at 3M, and you know he was trying to figure out how to find a stronger glue, so something that would would make things stronger, kind of fitting together. 
But actually, he got the opposite. You know, he stumbled over this idea. You know what? This substance that he found doesn't really stick particularly well. But actually, um, you know, it, it would be something that would be really useful. And, and so the post-it evolved. And again, this is this is obviously um, what happens a lot of time. And then the third one is really it's one of my favorites because it's really the one that defines a lot of our lives because we're in a way we're not at all looking for anything. You know, there's so many people out there who are like, oh, actually, I'm pretty okay with my life. You know, I don't need any serendipity. I'm, I'm all right. And then something completely unexpected happens and they're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that life can be so joyful or, <laughs> you know, um, there, there's all these different um, things happening. And so these are kind of things, you know, where um, if you take something like Sofar Sounds, which is this kind of uh, wonderful um, movement that's all about, you know, hosting uh, events in your living room and then like, you know, you would have life uh, life bands playing your living room, life groups, and, and so on. And that essentially just came because these these three guys, they were at a, at a concert and they felt, hey, look, like this is completely non-intimate here. Everyone's just on their phones, like making photos or like chatting or whatever. This is not a real music experience. So Eureka-wise, they got this idea, hey, why don't we completely redefine how you experience music and take that into the living room? And so that's the kind of thunderbolt, like completely unexpected and not, not being looked for, but but really happening. And, and I think... You know, in, in a way, it doesn't really matter at all in the end which type happens. You know, serendipity in itself, all three types are, are beautiful. But the, the reason I like looking at it that way is because it, it gives us a little bit of a hunch for what can we do in our lives that helps us to create more of this? Because if we know, for example, that a lot of times serendipity might happen more often, if we know approximately which problem we want to solve, then we can work towards defining that kind of space and saying, okay, I approximately know I want to go into this direction, but at the same time, I'm open for the unexpected. But also then the knowledge that the unexpected happens all the time allows us to be much more easy on ourselves to say, this is not about just, you know, that our plan doesn't work out, but hey, it's actually an opportunity to to see um, that something completely different, like a thunderbolt, could happen. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back. We'll continue our conversation with Christian Bush. Stick around. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You are experiencing the Entrepreneur Effect only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Christian Bush, 
who is the author of the new book, The Serendipity Mindset, The Art and Science of Creating Good Luck. And he's also the co-founder of Leaders on Purpose and the Sandbox Network and the director of global the Global Economy Program at NYU. So Christian, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the three kinds of serendipity and how, you know, you, you, you happen upon these things and a happy accident occurs. The invention of penicillin, um, the invention of, or the discovery of penicillin, I should say, the invention of post-it notes, all these kinds of things. Um, but there's a, there are a couple of other questions that have come up, which is, and you cover that nicely in the book as well. The first one is, you know, these happy accidents happen, but is there anything we can do to sort of increase our chances of finding serendipity? Is there, other than talking to strangers on the plane or spilling coffee on your, your people sitting at the next table at the coffee house, is there anything that we can do from a mindset perspective um, to actually prepare ourselves to enjoy serendipitous experiences. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, I, I guess uh, spilling coffee on others, we probably shouldn't use that totally <laughs> as a strategy that might, might go wrong in a lot of places, but, um, but, but it's, it's definitely, um, you know, if you look at serendipity as a process of essentially spotting a dot and then connecting a dot, um, then we can either create more dots or we can learn how to connect the dots differently. And and so um, one thing that really um, kind of is about this question of how you uh, create more of those dots, I feel a lot of times we can do that actually in those activities that we are already doing. So we don't have to change anything necessarily in our setting or even the people we talk with. We don't even need to talk with new people. It's a lot of times even how we talk with existing people in our lives. So for example, um, you know, the, the way how we frame questions. Do we ask something like, what do you do? Or how is your day versus uh, what is on your mind? Or um, what are you currently interested in? Or just something that opens up that potential space where you could be like, oh my God, such a coincidence. I've been thinking about something different different, uh, similar, or such a coincidence, I've gone through a similar transition at the moment, whatever it is. Same, 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 same thing the other way around. Let's say, you know, imagine you're at this kind of um, virtual conference, you know, Zoom probably, um, where someone, you know, asks you this dreaded, what do you do question, or even like just in a new meeting or something, um, you know, you could now say, well, I'm hosting this and this, and that you know, leave it at this. Or you could be like, hey, well, I'm hosting this wonderful podcast. Um, I've recently started exploring the philosophy of science, but what I'm really interested in is is, is exploring serendipity or whatever, you know, the, the different things might be. What you're doing there is you're setting three different hooks or four different hooks where someone could be like, oh my God, such a coincidence. I just started a serendipity club. Um, why don't you come? Or such a coincidence, I just X, Y, Z. And so it's really this kind of idea that if we can essentially seed something where others can connect the dots for us because we give them some kind of idea of what we are about, we can also um, make these things happen much more often. And, and there's a lot of other kind of strategies, especially also in companies. I mean, I'm always very fascinated by practices that combine the question of how we can create more serendipity with the question of how we can create more belonging or more intimacy, more, um, more trust between people. And so one example there is uh, the example of post-mortems or project funerals, which are really about this idea that, you know, usually in companies when something goes wrong, we try to hide it, right? We, we, we try to uh, 
pretend that it never happened. Sure. We don't want to talk about it. And the problem, of course, is that we don't really learn from each other because obviously we learn the most from things that don't work. And as soon as we reframe that as experiments and as something that, you know, we never want to make mistakes that are avoidable, but we also want to learn from the things that, that don't work. And so what a post-motorm or a project funeral does is to say, Whenever a project doesn't work out, the person who is responsible for it speaks in front of the other people from different divisions or, you know, whoever is, is kind of um, in the company that, that could somehow benefit from, from these insights and shares with them what they learned from this. And so it's not about celebrating failure, but it's about celebrating the learning from what didn't work. And what happens a lot of times then is that, you know, they talk about the idea that didn't work and then they put it to rest, right? So that's the funeral bit. But then, you know, people in the audience a lot of times would be like, oh my God, have you considered if you could use X, Y, Z in this context or in this other context? Because a lot of times ideas might not work in one context, but in another they might. To give an example, um, there, there was this one company that worked on this kind of window frame and the idea was the light wouldn't reflect, you know? So, so wonderful mm -hmm. technology, um, but they underestimated that people wouldn't pay as much money for it as they thought they would. And so they put it to rest and said, great technology, but we didn't really understand the market well enough. Now, someone in the audience would be like, hey, hey, hey have you considered what this would mean for solar? Have you considered if you take that technology and use it to absorb energy into kind of solar um, um, kind of devices, what this could actually do? And this is how part of the solar division emerged. It was completely coincidental that this person was in the audience. It was, you know, when they look back now, they, they would say we were just lucky that this happened. But you know what? They cultivated an environment where they allowed people to see and connect the dots. And that's really what as companies we can also do to really cultivate cultures and environments that allow people to see and connect the dots more. That's a really, really good point. And that's that's extraordinarily powerful. It requires a degree of vulnerability. It mm -hmm. requires you to be, you know, willing to stand up and say, this was an experiment and it didn't, it didn't work out as well as we might have expected. Um, so that's that's a good one. But here's another question that, that has always occurred to me, which is, um, I mean, we've all heard the, uh, heard the saying that there are no coincidences, that things happen for a reason, and they're you know you're being guided in some way. Um, how much of that do you feel is um, comes into play with respect to serendipity? Do you feel like there is, and this is probably a metaphysical question, but in terms of, do you feel like there is there is some external hand guiding these serendipitous discoveries? Or do you feel like it is just a happy accident and people might have put themselves in a position to take advantage of that, but largely there is no external guidance at work? That's a fascinating question because, you know, I'm in two minds there in terms of the one mind is the social scientist that says, here are the patterns, here's what I can show you that we've seen in terms of patterns, and this is the evidence for a science-based framework, and that's what most of my work is about, to say what can we learn from physics, from chemistry, um, from management and other areas around how we can really see patterns around how serendipity emerges, so we have a lot around how we can actually influence it, uh, but then, so in molecular chemistry, for example, 
example. You know, the simple example is when they accelerate mole molecules with unknown reactions, they can, even if they don't know the reaction by the, the outcome by, by definition, they don't know it, but they can accelerate the process of finding something positive because they accelerate how many interactions there are and, and, and so on. Um, in, in physics, you know, the question of how energy um, travels and, and, you know, it's the bicycle theory of how essentially things have to be in motion in order to interact um, and, and so on. Same in management and, and so on. So I feel like there's this scientific side around how we can show that serendipity happens and how we can influence it. And then, of course, there's the whole spiritual side. And there's the, the side around what is it that in a way, where can we see the overlaps between what social sciences or sciences in general say and what spirituality would say or what, um, you know, guiding principles in, in religion and so on would say. <laughs> And I've always found that fascinating because um, so one of the things that I've been diving deeper into is the interesting thing around how when you think about the idea of a North Star, so this idea that we are all somehow, if we know it or not, implicitly or explicitly, something guides us in some way, right? So it might be a passion, you know how people when they look at their CV, it seems like they're just kind of jumping from one thing to the other and very like distracted whatever, but there's usually a red theme, right? There's always like some kind of passion, being that interaction with people, whatever it is. And so I, there, there's always kind of this North Star that a lot of people are basing on very rational things, like this is a problem I want to solve. This is, a, this is a, you know, a principle I have, whatever it is. But of course, a lot of times that can also be informed by religion or spirituality. And I've been fascinated by how much, in a way, spirituality and religion are saying very similar things to what we're seeing in the sciences in terms of this question of, you know, if you think about how, um, you know, good things manifest good things, like these kind of different questions. Exactly, exactly. A lot of times these are exactly the kind of things you know from how physics and other things, you know, that there are some kind of ideas around this. And I'm very cautious and conscious to dive into, you know, all these different themes around laws of attraction and, and, and so on, because they're usually very anecdotal. But there are some patterns that seem to have a lot in common with what we're seeing in the sciences. And so I feel what I'm really excited about is, is if you see this as a Venn diagram, the middle of that, where both spirituality and sciences are saying the same thing, which is if you're putting the right things out there, if you are in motion and X, Y, Z, then this is when serendipity happens. Right. And I think, I, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Christian Bush. Stick around. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more of The Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Christian Bush, who is the author of the new book, The Serendipity Mindset, The Art and Science of Creating Good Luck. <clears throat> Excuse me. So before the, before the break, Christian, we were talking about, um, you know, how you set yourself up for... Um, more such interactions that that result in serendipitous discoveries, how you you create an environment that allows you to connect the dots. Um, and you know we talked about whether there is any any form of external guidance that comes into the picture. And maybe maybe one way to look at it might be to say that, if, if you're putting yourself in a framework, so for example, let us say you practice meditation and in your practice of meditation, you focus very deeply on the solution to a problem that you're facing. You're maybe working on research or you're trying to solve a management problem or something of the kind. Um, and you focus very deeply during your meditation on that particular problem. It's possible that your uh, your mind is focused on the solution and subconsciously or unconsciously, anything that you encounter ultimately is made to fit against what you're looking for. So, so in other words, uh, there's another saying that uh, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, you know, um, so if you, if you find a if you if the hammer is the only tool that you have and then you find a problem then you try to solve that problem with the one tool you have so i think that may that may be a part of it where you're attuned to finding serendipitous connections um so that's that's really fascinating and i love the i love the research that's gone into your book um now speaking speaking briefly about the book itself um what 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 do you feel is the ultimate um, sort of crowning achievement of serendipity? Um, can some people be more serendipitous than others, or do we all have the same capability? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, also to your previous point, I, there's definitely a lot in there around how we frame the world, right? And how we look at the world. And if you, that's an experiment I've always liked uh, that a, a British researcher did around essentially taking someone who identifies or self-identifies as very lucky and someone who self-identifies as extremely unlucky. And they tell, they, they put them into exactly the same situation in trying to understand what happens. And so they tell them, walk down the street, go into the coffee shop, sit down, order a coffee, and then we'll do our interview later. 
nothing else. Now, what they don't tell them is that there's hidden cameras across the street. There's a five pound note in front of the coffee shop. And then inside the coffee shop, there's only one chair left next to this extremely successful businessman who can make dreams happen. Now, the lucky person walks down the street, uh, sees the five pound note, picks it up, goes inside the shop, orders the coffee, has a nice conversation with barista, sits down next to the businessman, has a great conversation, might have an opportunity out of it, we don't know. Now, the unlucky person walks down the street, steps over the five pound note, goes inside the shop, orders the coffee, sits next to the businessman, the other person's left, um, ignores the businessman, and that's it. Now, at the end of the day, they ask both people, so how was your day? And so the lucky person says, well, it was amazing. I found money in the streets. I made two new friends, the, the barista and the businessman. And we don't know if a, if a new opportunity came out of it, but obviously it wouldn't be unexpected. Now, the, uh, the unlucky person just says, well, nothing really happened. And, you know, we see that a lot of times, of course, when you look at couples who might meet exactly the same people, have exactly the kind of, same kind of com uh, com uh, situations happening, one seems a bit luckier than the other. And so a lot of times it's really about how they frame the world, the kind of questions they ask, how they approach people, the kind of energy they, they, they kind of project, because obviously, you know, people have much more incentive to help other people who, whom they feel good about, right? So energy is not only about the kind of physical and metaphysical um, kind of idea of that there's once you put something out, it might come back, but it's also about I literally incentivize people to help me more if I have a good energy because people want to help people who who, who have good energy. And then on the other hand, um, I, you know, apart, like apart from this, there's so much around, of course, personality types. And, um, you know, if you look at it on a continuum, like introversion, extroversion, for example, I guess one assumption has always been, oh, if you're more extroverted, you might have more serendipity happen. But you know what? I mean, yes, like you potentially have more, uh, interactions happening and so potentially you meet more interesting people you potentially have more conversations you keep in touch more so there is the potential that you have more serendipity happen but not necessarily the quality being better because a lot of times serendipity depends on or has a certain incubation time so this idea that a lot of times actually you know I might run into you today and only like five days later in the shower, I have this kind of idea where my subconscious like connected some of the dots, right? And the more I have sure. in terms of other type of information I have that my brain can work with, the better. But also if I take the time for reflection, to your point, the time to meditate, to really think about what am I about? What do I want to connect with? A lot of the traits that more introverted type people might have, it might actually help us to have quote unquote better serendipity. And so it's really um, about this and, and that's really a lot of research about as well to say no matter which type you are, no matter where you are, which context you're in, resource constraint versus not, there's always some kind of serendipity that can be worked on. But of course, we have to somehow also help removing structural constraints. If you're like a lot of my work is in very resource constrained environments in sub-Saharan Africa, for example, where the base level of potential serendipity is extremely low of oh, course right sure and then even in those contexts you can you can do do something so i feel like it's kind of going hand in hand then to work on the bigger patterns and, and constraints and um on the mindset itself fabulous christian this is this is amazing it's been a fabulous conversation so the book is the serendipity mindset the art and science of creating good luck so the book is available wherever books are sold it's available on amazon right now yes that's it's right there yep 
Beautiful. And um, do you have do you have a website uh, that people might be able to connect with you, or is there some other way, if in case some of our listeners would like to connect with you and see uh, how you might be able to help them? Absolutely. And you know, in the spirit of serendipity, I'd be delighted to uh, connect with with your audience. Um. So yes, please do feel feel free to reach out on Twitter. I'm Chris Serendip. So the the, the name Chris and then Serendip. And uh, the homepage is www.theserendipitymindset.com. So the name of the book, The Serendipity Mindset. And yeah, I'd be delighted to connect. Wonderful. Christian, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute delightful uh, experience. Um, I know this is going to be a bestseller. Um, and when you, when you hit uh, bestseller status, please come back and talk to us. We'd love to have you on. Thanks so much, Richard. I appreciate it. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.